Welcome to Lipstick and Laptops Radio Show, where we are discussing today's topics on spirituality and wealth, so you can live an abundant life on your own terms. This is your host, Valerie Hurst. Hello, this is Valerie Hurst, and welcome to this week's podcast of Lipstick and Laptops Radio Show. Today I wanted to talk about the Garden of Eden has bathed your footsteps with richness. You know, throughout the book of Genesis, we have several examples that God loves abundance. The very Garden of Eden that God created and built was the epitome of overabundance. Everything was plentiful for man in the garden, and God asked us to freely peruse it. The problem is we got trapped in our thought process, believing our sinful deeds got us banished from the Garden of Eden, rather than believing the redemptive power of the finished work of the cross. But that kind of thinking did not deter God from continuing to show us what a generous God He is. If you read through the stories of Abraham, Noah, Moses, King Solomon, and David, you can see how God wanted people to be rich. He even gifted them with things in return of their good deeds. God rewarded man with riches. Then can our God be against us becoming rich? I do believe there is a journey we take before God entrusts us with such a great responsibility. He does tell us to not despise the days of small beginnings, and great gifts mean great responsibilities. Greater gifts, greater responsibilities. He wants to trust you with a great call. But he is not typically going to just hand over loads of cash unless you take a journey of equipping and training first. I love King Solomon's heart when God appears to him one night. That night, God appeared to Solomon and asked, What would you like me to give you? Solomon answered, You always showed great love for my father David, and now you have let me succeed him as a king. O Lord God, fulfill the promise you made to my father. You have made me king over a people who are so many that they cannot be counted. So give me the wisdom and knowledge I need to rule over them. Otherwise, how would I ever be able to rule this great people of yours? And God replied to Solomon, You have made the right choice. Instead of asking for wealth or treasure or fame or the death of your enemies or even for long life for yourself, you have asked for wisdom and knowledge so that you can rule my people over whom I have made you king. I will give you wisdom and knowledge, and in addition, I will give you more wealth, treasure, and fame than any king has ever had before or will ever have again. King Solomon asked for wisdom and knowledge. We can see throughout history men and women who have gone on to become very successful. They always, always come from humble beginnings. This is why I have a very difficult time with much of the online hype today concerning overnight success. You can always backtrack and find there is usually a story that has led the person to where they are today in their fortune. 
Some people with vested interests twist religion. They speak about God being against riches. They even go so far as to say that hoarding money is going against the word of God. Well, if that were the case, why do we always claim that God is the richest and most abundant entity in the universe? The fact is that God loves people being charitable, and charity comes automatically if you are rich. God understands that man needs to be happy to benevolent, to be benevolent. Only when man can fill his own cup can he allow it to overflow to others. If God has made man completely in his image, and if God is exceedingly rich, wouldn't he want man to be likewise too? We have been handed down a very warped view about religion in regards to money. For us, it is important to discard this false cloak we have been asked to wear and see things as they are. Perhaps the Reformation movement was not complete. They should have made people understand that God is not against earning money, but that He is against using money in the wrong way. If you start thinking that our God wants us to create wealth, you will see that you automatically begin taking significant steps toward becoming wealthy. So tell me, what does that look like for you? What does creating wealth look like for you? Are there some things that when, when you ask yourself that, does it stir something up in you? Does the very topic of creating wealth question some things and does it make you feel a little uneasy? If so, I just want to encourage you to jot down what those feelings are for you. What feelings arise when you begin to speak of creating wealth. Because many times what I find as a wealth creation coach, women struggle with the idea of creating wealth due to our cultural conditioning, maybe the religion we were raised in, things we were taught from our, our parents and, and teachers and mentors in our life. So many times that has been what we have created in our own mindsets and in our own world. And so there's kind of a skewed belief about money. And women do have a hard time uh, with that because naturally we are created to nurture. And so we want to a lot of times give away what it is that we do in our careers. But let me encourage you, while that's okay, you also need to make sure that you value what it is that you're doing and that it's okay to place a price tag on 
your expertise. And so you can be benevolent and you can also create wealth with the gifts that you've been given, with the gifts that have been placed in you. So I encourage you to also jot down what you think that you are good at or what others may see in you that you're really good at. This is Valerie Hurst of Lipstick and Laptops Radio Show. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I look forward to hearing from you. Have a great day.